Hello, friends. I'm Luke, and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org. From Holy Family HTX, an Episcopal church for people without a church, this is the Holy Family Podcast, a collection of ideas about leading a Jesus-centered life. We clearly explore the church's understandings while bringing our own questions, curiosities, and doubts, and we never demand fake agreement. Theological exploration is just better that way. So, let's take a moment of silence as we get ready to contemplate today's ideas. Let's pray. Oh God, open us up. Open our eyes so that we can see and open our ears so that we can hear. Open our hearts to receive whatever it is that you want to take out of your heart and place deep within ours. And then, oh God, open our hands so that we can serve. And may I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to tell you two ideas about today's gospel text. And these two ideas tell you almost everything you need to know about God's good news for you, for your neighbor, for the whole world. Here's the first idea. Jesus Christ's deepest desire is to gather us in. In today's text, I wonder if you noticed how Jesus refers to himself as a mother hen. A mother hen longing to bring all of her chicks underneath her wings. There are so many evocative images that are at use and operative in our social imagination that help us understand who God is and who we are, and some are more helpful than others. Maybe you often imagine God being a judge. And if so, maybe you think that you need a sentencing. Or perhaps you think of God as a bright light. And I guess all we're left to do in that Imagination is to simply bask in the glory. 
Or maybe you think that God is like a strong rock standing firm when all of the waves of life keep batting against it. Well, maybe today is a day that you can try on Jesus's image. In Jesus Christ, we are encountered by a God who is a mother hen. And this mothering hen makes us her little chicks. And she is gathering all of us underneath the shelter of her wings. I mean, I wonder what would happen if just for like a week, that was your controlling image of God. Whenever you thought about God, your first thought was a mother hen with little chicks. How might that change what you think God wants out of you? How might that change how you pray? I wonder if you have ever longed for the safety and security of a maternal presence scooping you in. When volatility is your form of stability, Jesus is your mother hen. When uncertainties appear to be the only certainty, Jesus is your mother hen. When complexities seem slow to change, Jesus is your mother hen. When anxiety and panic sets in, Jesus is your mother hen. But perhaps you noticed how Jesus cast himself as the mother hen, but he also cast Herod as another animal. You go tell that fox. Actually, it doesn't quite come through in most English translations. Um, he used a precise word. He said, go tell that vixen. It's the feminine form of fox in Greek. Herod has already killed Jesus' cousin at this point in the story, John the Baptist. Jesus is well aware of the threat that Herod is, like a vixen coming for a mother hen. And Jesus does not cast himself as another bigger, stronger animal ready to destroy the fox. Perhaps because that would be describing himself too much against Herod's type. Instead, Jesus describes himself in relationship to us. With a predator like Herod running around, Jesus wants to gather all of the little chicks together maternally. I mean, think about that. Of all the things that Jesus Christ could say that God wants for us, Jesus says that God's desire is for us to gather together in Christ. This sounds a whole lot like what was written before Luke's gospel was written in Paul's letters. God wants to bring all things together in Jesus Christ. That's the first gospel idea. Here's the second. Jesus wants to gather us together. But the text has this devastating line in the gospel. But you didn't want that. Think about those five words. But you didn't want that. 
I wonder why it is that we don't want to be gathered into Jesus Christ. I can think of at least two reasons, principally. First, be perhaps we resist being gathered into Jesus Christ because we think that we can basically make it on our own. I mean, don't be thrown off by the language of believe that this liturgy uses, like when we gather at the creed. We're not just saying, oh, I believe or I think these ideas that we say about God are correct. I mean, to treat belief like answers to a quiz just trivializes belief. To say we believe in God is really to gesture something deeper than finding the right answers to some supposed theological test. To say we believe is to say that we trust in God. But too often, we don't want to trust God. Trusting is hard, so we can at least trust ourselves. Trusting God is even harder. My prayer for you and for me and for this congregation is that we would continue to be people who begin to trust God and don't fear when this living God is trying to gather us in. And the second reason I think we resist being gathered is because we know that Jesus is going to keep gathering us together with others that we would rather not be with. I'm reminded of the story that Bishop Will Willimon tells. He had spent 25 years at Duke University in their chapel. Then he left to go to Birmingham, Alabama to be the bishop. And the newspaper asked him, Bishop, what do you miss most about being at Duke now that you're out here, you know, in the church? And his answer was, well, the Duke Office of Admissions. And they said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well... The Duke Office of Admissions basically guaranteed that I never had to be surrounded by people that thought all that differently than me. They only let people in who had manipulated the educational system to their advantage like me. And basically people who had, you know, kind of saw the world the way I did, I kind of got to be around them all the time. Out here in the church, we we have to work with anybody that Jesus Christ drags in the door. And of course, that's the whole point. We don't have office of admissions at church. And if you have yet to be surprised at God's love in Jesus Christ, just hang out a little bit longer. I really don't care if you think that it's important to associate with a conservative or a progressive or an evangelical or an open-minded form of church. All of those groups eventually are going to be surprised at Jesus' ability to gather others in that they would not gather in themselves. For all of our talk, there's always someone that we leave out. And that's when Jesus goes to work. Jesus keeps gathering us in with others. And we don't want that. So whether we resist being gathered close to Jesus, our mother hen, because we are scared to trust, or we resist being gathered because we don't like being associated with the others who are being gathered, 
The name for all of our subtle or not-so-subtle forms of resistance, resisting being brought together in Jesus Christ, is sin. Which is why I think the church calendar asks us to tell this story in Lent. Lent is the church season when we talk about taking our own sin seriously. And don't trivialize sin. I know that, especially in American Christianity, it has been used in wild ways. It is not just simply choosing incorrect actions. That is a reductive framework. Sin is the name for all of the ways that we keep telling God, I don't want to be gathered in you with them. I don't want to be with them, and I don't want to be with you. So here's the good news. Jesus said, you will not see me again at the end of this text until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, that foreshadows Holy Week. It foreshadows Palm Sunday when he will ride into Jerusalem longing to gather us together. And even though it'll look like it, we don't want it. On Good Friday, Jesus will be paraded in front of Herod. And on his mock trial with Herod, the one thing Jesus refuses to do, if you look at that little story, is he refuses to speak to the fox. The fox pummels the hen with questions. And Herod's the only one that Jesus won't respond to on his trial. And Jesus on Good Friday, is ultimately lifted high upon the cross. And with his arms outstretched, we finally see our mother hen's wings stretched out, pinned out, wide upon the hardwood of the cross, forever beckoning us to come and be gathered together and take refuge under the shadow of her wings. You can find more resources to help you lead a Jesus-centered life at holyfamilyhtx.org. Again, it's holyfamilyhtx.org.